20. I'll get the number right as we start this show. Episode 20 of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio presented by Milk Creek Golf Course. I am your host, Mark Means. Dave Ferris is in our studios in Struthers as we begin episode 20 of today's show. Don't forget, book your tee times now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling them at 330-707-4202. That's 330-707-4202. Coming up on today's episode 20 of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio, we are joined by Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com as he will be our special guest coming up here in moments on the phone line. It's been a busy day in the world of sports. There is a lot for us to get to today, including two Indians players becoming inactive for their actions in Chicago. We'll get to that later with Ryan. And, of course, the big news of the day, the Big Ten and Pac-12 suspending fall sports The Pac-12 suspending all sports until the end of the calendar year and the Big Ten postponing all fall sports, including championships, with the hope of moving those championships to the spring, if at all possible. So I put a poll up on Twitter, and you have a chance to vote, and it will give you the results coming up later on in the show. Just find me on Twitter. That's at Mark underscore means, M-A-R-C underscore M-E-A-N-S. Vote into the Twitter poll. Do you think it was the right decision for the Big Ten to cancel all fall sports and the championships? We'll give you an update on those poll results coming up a little bit later on in today's show as well. A lot to talk about, including the college football, of course, the Indians' upcoming two-game series beginning tonight against the Chicago Cubs. And then at the end, we'll touch a little bit on the Pittsburgh Penguins being eliminated from the NHL postseason last week and what the future looks like for the Pittsburgh Penguins as they go forward, now especially knowing the fact that They did not win uh, the lottery for the NHL. They will not be picking first overall in the upcoming NHL draft. So what the future is for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, that is all coming up on today's show. But we begin with my friend Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com, who's on the phone to join us. Hayden, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Mark? I'm good. I'm sure with everything developing over the last couple of hours, you are very busy, but want to just make sure you, your family, and everyone around you is safe and well with everything that is going on. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, everybody's doing okay. Um, you know, it's, we're all just trying to find our way through this together. I think that's the only way to do it is together. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate you asking. hope the same for you and your family and everybody that you love. So um, yeah, it's been a crazy day. Um, you know, between not only with sports, but with, you know, the, the, the vice presidential nominee for, you know, President or, uh, Vice President Biden. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy day, no doubt. So we'll only keep you for a few minutes because we know how busy you are. But I want to backtrack a little bit. I know all of our lives revolve around sports. You've got a lot of interest with your music that you uh, do and do a grand, fantastic job with. But besides work, did you find yourself missing sports as much as you thought you did or didn't when we didn't have any to kind of fall back on for a while? Um, I don't think I did. I don't think I did as much as I thought I was going to. Um, you know, I think I missed, 
you know, I miss being at the ballpark. I miss, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I still haven't been able to get back there. I guess I think that once, you know, hopefully I'll be able to be out at training camp for a couple of days during practice. And hopefully then, you know, I'll be a little more, it'll, I think it'll hit me. I think it'll hit me then. But no, I think it was a good time to kind of self, um, to, to self-evaluate, to look at, you know, things that are important outside of sports. And it was good to get out in the community and, and, you know, take on different roles in that aspect. And, and, you know, for my job and kind of, you know, do things different than I was used to doing for work. And um, I think it was a a really good time of reflection, just a time to, you know, really think back and cherish, uh, you know, all the things that we do love, sports, music, concerts, you know, going out to a restaurant. I mean, it's just, it was a, it's a crazy time. And, um, you know, I think I'm happier, you know, now that everything's kind of getting, hopefully getting better. Um, and sports are kind of coming around. So it was a good time, but now it's time I think, to put the uh, effort or the pedal to the metal, as you would say. Abe Groves on the phone with us. He's a writer, digital contributor for Cleveland.com. Of course, the big news of the day, Hayden, uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 suspending all sports through the fall for the Big Ten through the end of the calendar year for the Pac-12. As a Big Ten alumni, are you surprised? And what's your thoughts on what they elected to do today? Uh, no, I'm not at all surprised. Uh, it's just, the, you know, they went to the all the all Big Ten schedule, and they, I, I just, I think there are way too many factors and way too many things and way too many kids um, involved. You know, there's, I, I think, you know, what we're missing here is that, you know, supposedly college athletes are supposed to be student athletes first, and you know, to be students, they're probably going to have to end up being either, you know, online or being around students in some way, shape, or form, and you know, the contact tracing would be insane and, and you'd have to like, you know, it, it's just, I don't think you could put enough trust in college kids. Obviously you can't even put enough trust in professional athletes, but you couldn't put enough trust in, in college kids to really, you know, follow the, the guidelines and the protocols. And they would have to be super diligent about it. And, you know, even the slightest misstep could cost an entire team an entire season. So I just think there are way too many variables there. I think the testing isn't very good. I don't think the testing is what it should be at this point, just around the country, not even in colleges. And um, it just seemed like the, it also just seemed like the big 10 had no plan. They, I mean, I, I know that it's a very difficult time, uh, but it seemed like the, the big 10 very much missed out on a plan. Didn't seem to have it together. And that, that ultimately cost them. And it's going to cost kids, you know, a chance to play for, you know, another season at their beloved school. It's going to cost kids, you know, uh, chances to play for national championships. I know Ohio State was as good as any team in the country yet again this year. The job that Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and they have done in recruiting has been unbelievable, dating back to Urban Meyer. And you have Justin Fields coming back as, you know, a definite Heisman candidate. So I really feel for the kids. But I just think – I do think it's the right call um, because I don't think they had their stuff together. Um, but, again, I, I wish that they did. And I wish that they could have figured this out way earlier instead of having to figure it out now. What do you think happens with the other three Power of Five conferences? It seems like the SEC and the ACC plan on going forward, at least at this point, and the Big 12 is kind of up in the air. All right, Mark. I don't mean to be political on this, and I don't want to get political on this show. Um, but I think it's kind of—I think it's going to kind of fall in the way that the country has fallen. I think the ACC and the Florida teams are going to go and do what they do. I think the SEC and the Florida teams and the Southern teams are going to go and do what they do. I think the Big 12 is going to continue to play, uh, kind of like we saw. Texas opened really early. Florida opened really early. Um, you know, there's a different approach down there to this. And 
I'm not going to say whether it's worked or whether it hasn't, but um, I think that that's how it's going to go. So, yeah, I think the SEC is going to go full bore. Um, and I think the ACC is going to go full bore, and I think, think the Big 12 is going to go full bore. And I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if there was anything um, that prevented that from happening. If one of or all three of those conferences choose to play and are able to play, there's a lot of potential revenue on the table for one of them if they want to roll the dice and try and play. Yeah, I think so, and that's exactly right. I think you know, I, I think there is an I think there is an SEC arrogance for sure, and that you know that goes to football. I mean, you know, they've been the best conference; they continue to be the best conference in college football, and you know, they want to prove that they can do this, you know, as much as anything else. I think you know, I've I've honestly thought Ohio State obviously it's a good fit in the Big Ten with with you know just with Michigan and everybody else they play, but I think Ohio State could have done a lot uh, better without the Big Ten. I think they could still you know continue to be better with the Big Ten. So, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot to be there. You're right. There's a lot to be earned there. Um, and I think Ohio State, I could only imagine what Ohio State could do if they were either an independent or, you know, found a way like a Notre Dame to, uh, to do their own thing or even to, you know, to get in the SEC or something like that. You kind of alluded to this earlier, the Indians today putting Mike Clevenger, Zach Plezak on the restricted list for not adhering to the policies they're supposed to and reading reports that the team will elect how they are punished besides being put on that restricted list. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where whether it is you seeing what happened with the Marlins or the Cardinals or knowing that your manager wants to be back and he has his own medical issues, you would think these players would do their job to continue to be able to continue to play ball. Yeah, I mean, that's the important that's the unfortunate truth. Um, you know, I, I, I you, you would think that. I mean, yes, it's got to be difficult. It's got to be difficult not being able to, you know, see a lot of people and, and all that stuff. But at the same time, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do something that you love doing day in and day out. And you know that you have teammates even, not even coaches and, and staff. You have teammates that have, you know, lowered immune systems. Carlos Carrasco, obviously, uh, having been through chemotherapy for leukemia. I mean, it, it's just, you know, I don't – I'm not going to say Mike Clevenger is a bad person. I'm not going to say Zach Plesak is a bad person. I think – you know, they did, a, they did something that was a little regrettable. And I think, honestly, I think the way that you handle it is, is better, is, is, a great, is a greater judge of character. Like, you know, Zach, Zach Plesak, you know, was the first one to be caught, the first one, and they, they, he went home, and he seems to have, you know, he put out a couple statements and, and apologized, whereas Mike Clevenger, on the other hand, there's been no statement, there's been no nothing, and I, apparently he's not very, you know, as Tito said, there are different places of um, acceptance for each of them at this point. So you hope that Mike Clevenger didn't, I mean, again, I wasn't there. I don't know where they went. I don't know what happened. Maybe they were in a crowd or in a place where they thought they were away from people, and maybe they were. I can't really, you know, fault them for that. But what I can say is that um, I think the way you handle it is better than, or is going to show more about who you are than the way that the thing that you did. You know, that's always the thing. We all make mistakes. We all make bad decisions. But I think the way that you respond and the way that you go about you know, everything else is going to be a better judge of, of who these guys are as opposed to the mistake that they made. Hayden Grow, Cleveland.com, wrapping up our conversation with him on a busy sports day. And, and Hayden, um, one of the things I'm curious about how it will be reflected, uh, how do you think high school sports, high school football in particular, will be affected in Big Ten states like Ohio now that the Big Ten has chosen not to play football? Do you think that will trickle down and may affect some states across Big Ten territory that they may choose not to play high school sports as well? 
I just don't know how you play high school sports if, if you can't play college sports. I don't understand that at all. Um, I understand that kids deserve that right to play. I, des- I understand all of it. I do. I feel horrible for them. You know, this is nothing that they could have ever done. It's just not fair. There, there are things in this that aren't fair. You know, it's not fair that multiple people are going to have lost jobs and lost money and lost businesses. And it's not fair, but it's just the truth. And we ha- you have to figure out a way to get through it. And I just do not understand for the life of me how you can be able to play college sports or how you can play high school sports if there are college sports that aren't being played. That's, that's beyond me. I don't understand that. There are way, way, way more variables um, mm-hmm. than – than in college and you know the kids are at much you know as much at risk i mean i know that the numbers aren't really super high for for teenagers and you know that kind of thing but um i just i don't understand how they could play i think that all college sport i think all high school sports should at least be postponed until winter fall or winter spring how logistically hard do you think it'll be whether it's, you know, major college football all the way down to division three or high school to actually pull off a football season of some form come springtime, especially in the Midwest? I, I mean, it's, I, I don't know the answer to these questions. I don't, I don't, I think it's going to be logistically, it's going to be a nightmare. It's very difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I am not, um, you know, it's way above my pay grade. So I can't, I, I don't know. I'm glad that I'm not in that position um, to be able to, to try to make these decisions and try, to try to, you know, lead a, lead a conference or a high school or a program or whatever. Um, it's just, it's really, really difficult. It is a very interesting time. Hayden, it is fantastic to catch up with you. Know that you and yours are doing well. Appreciate a few minutes on a very busy day for you. We'll have to do this again real soon. Yeah, man. Call me anytime. Thanks so much. Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com, joining us today here on By All Means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. Again, if you'd like to have your opinion heard in the poll I put there out on Twitter, just go to my Twitter handle. That's at Mark underscore Means, M-A-R-C-M-E-A-N-S. Do you think it was the right decision for the Big Ten to cancel fall sports and the championships? We'll give you the answer coming up later on at the end of the show. When we come back, we will talk about two Indians pitchers uh, that have been put now on the inactive list by the Indians. They are on the restricted list. That is right-handers Zach Plezak and Mike Clevenger. Those two players put on the restricted list today by the Indians. That does not count towards their 28-man roster. It does not count towards their 40-man roster. Those players are still accruing service time. They are still getting paid while they are on that list. The Indians have brought back Tyler Naquin, and they brought Logan Allen from their camp up at Lake County. And it'll also be uh, Adam Plutko getting the start for the Indians tonight when they begin their brief two-game interleague series with the Chicago Cubs uh, scheduled for tonight and tomorrow night up at Progressive Field. Of course, the big news in the world of sports today, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling their fall seasons, the Pac-12 canceling everything through the end of the year. And then we will reevaluate things at a time down the road. And as I asked Hayden, it then becomes the question, 
can you work out a schedule in the spring? Will we even be able to work out a schedule in the spring knowing you know, where we are with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, where we will be with everything else that is going on in the United States and in the world? We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll continue on episode 20 of By All Means. By all means, continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Find us on Facebook. Just search Western Reserve Radio. Download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps or go to westernreserveradio.com to find our show. Ryan joins me out on the road for the rest of the show. And let's just start right here. What do you make of Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger and their actions involving their teammates, Ryan? What's the uh, language parameters on this? Um, PG. <laughs> well, and I, I guess a lot of what I was going to say is going to go out the window then. But I, I guess just flat-out irresponsibility. Uh, I know the police act earlier in July actually had a statement out about, you know, how we have to be smart and we have to, you know, make sure baseball and we don't put people at risk. And he's one of the first people out and about in Chicago as if we didn't see what happened to the Marlins and Phillies. And it, it, at least I'll give Plesak this. At least when he did screw up, he admitted it, he apologized, he accepted his punishment, he, he drove himself from Chicago back to Cleveland, that six-hour drive or whatever it is. So I'm less mad at Plesak as I am Clevenger, who just flat-out acted like he wasn't involved in the fact that he saw what kind of uh, issues police act got in and somehow managed to sit there that he did something wrong and then on top of just hiding that he was out he goes and he gets on the plane and you know obviously it looks like everybody's fine but how do you know that you can't take those chances when you're trying to play a major league season and put yourself your teammates your coach together. It's just, I mean, it's just flat out irresponsible. I mean, uh, especially with what Sunshine did. I mean, it, that, that to me was ridiculous, the fact that you hide what you actually did. When you look at it, you're, you're talking about your managers missed the last eight games because of his issues, and he's got a health condition. You've got a teammate uh, you know, that is a leukemia survivor last year that has his own issues to deal with that nobody would have been surprised had he opted out this year. So, I mean, you've got teammates that have specific health issues. And, you know, I'm 100% uh, in agreement with you. Zach Plesak is one thing. But I think the punishment needs to be much more severe for Mike Clevenger. And he's a big part of the team. Hasn't pitched terrible. Hasn't pitched great this year. He's kind of been somewhere in the middle. But these things are bigger than being part of the baseball team on the field. It's about the health and well-being of everyone around the Indians and their families as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Especially with Cookie going through what he did. And Tito, with his issues, he, he said today he had, what, five or some surgeries since uh, the initial spring training trying to correct his stomach issues. And you don't know what other people they could have or who they might live with that might have something. 
Yes, in the grand scheme of things, if Clevenger got coronavirus, he'd probably be just fine in a few days. But that might not be the case for somebody else. And look, if, if these guys want to play baseball and want to have a season, this is not a situation where you can have your cake and eat it too. You have to follow a certain uh, guideline and, 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 and way of life, you know, if you want to have a, a baseball season and if you want to play and get paid. And if it's more important to you that you, you need your freedom to be able to go out, you know, chase whatever in the bars instead of being safe, then you should opt it out. And I think players, you know, have to come to a, a, some sort of term with themselves that, yeah, we're all in our 20s or early 30s and we all got money. And, yeah, all the bars and stuff are open. But that doesn't mean that you should do those things knowing the frail situation that your league is in. I mean, especially with seeing two outbreaks already with the Marlins that we traced back to, their teammates and everybody going out to bars and clubs and, and acting like nothing was wrong. So it's just stupidity. I mean, you see the consequences, you know what can happen, and you still act in a selfish manner and, and do what you did. So it's just and, – and, and then the baseball aspect of it. You're missing two of your starters for – do we even know how long they're going to be out? No, we don't know. I would assume the punishment will be greater for Clevenger than Plezak, and because of the off days, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, because of the off days, we don't need a fifth starter for a little while because, you know, the Indians get their first, got their first day off in, in, I think, 17 or 18 days to begin the year yesterday. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they yeah. get another one on, on Thursday, but... I'm already annoyed by that, so we'll get to that you know, a little bit later. And you, you mentioned it, the fact that if you can't learn from the examples of the Marlins and the Cardinals, maybe it's just not going to sink into you that it's not all about you. Look, that's my whole aspect for me personally about mask wearing. When I go out, I wear a mask because, one, I have my own health issues, but two, I, when I wear a mask, I'm trying to help take care of you. I would appreciate if you would do the same thing for me. It's not all about you. It's about all of us in this together. No, you're 100% right, and you know my health. And, you know, I don't really care whether or not you want to wear a mask and it bothers you and this and that, and you can post on your social media and complain about all those things. That's great, but when you go into a store... And thankfully, it's getting to the point where, you know, it's becoming mandated by states and businesses. It's not how it was a month or two ago where it was just a suggestion. And, no, you're right. I mean, the selfishness of this country is at a level that is uh, so frustrating and disheartening. And, and, and it doesn't bother me one bit to throw a piece of cloth on my face and, you know, have some semblance of normalcy to be able to go to a store or go shopping or go sit outside and eat. So, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but, I mean, you and I are on the same page with that. But that, if, if, if you're Clevenger and you're Police Act, and, look, they're, they're fully aware of what's going on in the world, something I, I would be willing to bet that they haven't cared really from day one, and as long as they feel like it ain't going to affect them, they don't care because that's what their actions are showing. 
I mean, right now being put on the restricted list that they're on, they're still getting service time. They're still getting paid. They're, just, they're not around their teammates, and they're not playing baseball. And, you know, it's one of those how big of a punishment is that for you to not be with your team through something like this or any season at, at all. And I'll be curious to find out how long they're kept on that list. There's a lot of reporters out there saying that the team itself – will determine any additional punishments for those two guys, which I think is is really interesting that it's in the hands of your teammates to determine what happens. And I really hope in a situation like this, we see Adam Plucko step up and throw the ball really well tonight against the Cubs. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Because you've been in clubhouses and everything before. That's really the only, you know, I I never did nearly anything baseball-related like you have. I mean, and I just, you know, if I'm in that clubhouse and say I'm, I'm Cookie or even myself with a pre-existing condition that's on the list, and I have teammates like Plesak and Clevenger and who are vital parts of the team, whether, you know, Clevenger's having a year you hope he was having a year, regardless of what they're doing numbers-wise, those are your two starters you're relying on. I mean, how much would you even want to welcome them back I mean, I know you will because you want to win baseball games, but don't you think it would be a little, uh, a little bit of a uh, rough welcoming back period for both guys? I mean, you're going into that clubhouse after you basically put the whole team at risk being selfish. Yeah, especially when you've got, as you said, players like Carrasco that have health issues and Terry Francona that has his his own health issues. Uh, I mean, people get welcome back after doing all kinds of, you know, things that are awful back to teams and get chances for contracts. And I'm not comparing these two uh, in any way, but it's one of those where it's going to take a lot to win your teammates over because a, a clubhouse can be a very tight-knit thing. You know, I, I go back to when I spent time in the minors, and sometimes, you know, you're really welcomed, and sometimes you're not. You're welcome to the point where you walk into the clubhouse, Ryan, you got your scrapper's hat on backwards, you go to write down the lineup for the day, and you get fined in kangaroo court because the rule is no backwards hats in the clubhouse. So you're not on the team, but you're, you're the play-by-play guy. You get punished just like a player. Yeah, that, that's kind of why I was wondering, like, how much are they going to be immediately welcomed back? And I'm, I'm wondering if that's why, you know, Antonetti and them said, you know, we're going to let the team decide because for the health of the clubhouse, and I, I mean that in, I guess, two ways, really. Um, mentally as a team and then health physically when it comes to a virus or whatever. I mean, you know, these guys went out and basically could have derailed a season for a team that has expectations to make noise in the playoffs and if they're punished for a long time and next thing you know they're missing starts and this and that next thing you know you're starting to fall behind in the standing you don't have the room so yeah that'll, that'll be real interesting too just to see how they're welcome back it will be because it, you know it's one of those where as I mentioned on the list they're on now they're still getting paid so, you know, is it away, time away from the team? Is it more? I believe, though, you know, they're tested. They have to have two negative tests in a 48-hour period to return to the team. Do they make it be a little longer than that? Are they away for the 14 weeks that a lot of people, when they test positive, you know, are away from the, from the team? It's really going to be interesting to see how all this plays out going forward with the Indians. And, you know, are there any teams that – 
because you couldn't be punished for doing something detrimental to the team before just recently with everything that happened with the Cardinals and the Marlins. Now things are starting to change a little bit. And we'll see, you know, how does Tyler Naquin, your guy, how does he play now that he's healthy after fouling a ball off of his foot? How does Logan Allen do if he gets a chance to come in in a, in a relief role? So it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out. When we come back, we get to the big story of the day with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten canceling their football and fall sports seasons and the Pac-12 canceling everything through the end of 2020. And we can only hope that 2021 is a lot better for everyone around the world. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue right here on By All Means. Listening to WRDB, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Warren, Salem, and around the world. means continues here on Western Reserve Radio presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling 330-740-7112. Brian Tone, our director of golf out there will be my guest for episode 21 next week. Well, Ryan, of course, the big news today, the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling their fall sports season. The Pac-12 going as far as to say everything is canceled till the end of the year. It does make me wonder what the other three Power Five conferences now elect to do after the Big Ten and Pac-12 have made their very difficult decisions. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be shocked if down the road they followed suit. I had no expectation to watch college football this year or even really high school. So when I saw the news that they did officially cancel the season for those two conferences, it didn't really uh, make me bat an eye, if you will. I just didn't know how they were going to satisfy or check all the boxes to be able to have a college season because, look, I mean, we can lie to ourselves and pretend that you know, the coronavirus is their number one concern, but it's not. You know, colleges, you know, they, they're, they're different than the NFL. The NFL, the crowd, as they like to say, is the greatest studio audience ever. They're not really too worried about ticket sales. I mean, they are, but it's not a huge piece of their revenue in the NFL. College, a lot of these teams, I assume, they really depend on ticket sales and being able to generate that revenue. And the fact that I'm sure a lot of these places weren't going to be able to have fans, they probably didn't see how they could even have a season if they're not making the revenue to fund the other programs and everything. And also the fact that I don't believe really the players had much of a say in anything, which is a shame, because they were either going to be told to play without a voice or not to play without a voice. Whereas the NFL, you have the owners, you have the, the players' association, you have unions. They they get to the negotiating table and they figure out the money, they figure out the safety protocols, and they're able to do that. I I, was, I had no idea, you know, how college football was going to work with however many of hundreds and hundreds of colleges from Division One to all the way down. I just really didn't see how it was going to happen and satisfy 
uh, the financial aspect, the health and safety aspect. I, I was thinking of thinking to myself and talking to other people, and we were just saying like they should just play in the spring. I know that's not ideal. I know there's a bunch of hoops you would have to jump through logistically to get that to work. But from everything you're seeing about vaccine progress and everything, uh, by the end of this year, into the into spring next year, we should be in a place that maybe isn't 100% normal by this stretch, but a lot better than we have seen. So I don't even know why these other conferences are so desperate to try to play right now. I, I would um, I would try to do everything in the spring. I, I, and honestly, I'm with work today, and everything kind of was starting to come out when I was doing some stuff, so I'm probably not as sharp on it as you are, so you'd have to fill me in on some of the particulars, but I, I just feel like I, I never thought there was going to be a conflict. How much would be involved to get it to work compared to a pro sport, and I'm in favor of them trying getting played in the spring. You know, it's interesting because, like, you're reading from the Big Ten perspective, you know, they got reports from their medical advisors that it's probably not in, in the best interest to play with liability issues and health risks and everything that's going on, with, with especially with high-contact sports. Other conferences, like the ACC, have gotten reports from their medical people that they think they have figured out a way over the past, you know, four or five months to be able to find a way to be able to play college football and do it safe for their student athletes there. So it's interesting on how different medical personnel perceive different things that are going on in the world of sports right now. And, you know, I think another interesting twist to this with the Big Ten canceling all fall sports and championships today, the OHSAA made the announcement last week, high school football going from a 10-game regular season and a five-week playoff to a six-game regular season and having everybody potentially being eligible for the playoffs, I wonder how high school sports, especially high school football, and states that have not made a decision what they're going to officially do yet will be affected by the Big Ten's decision today. I have no idea. That's a good question. Um, I'm kind of keeping along a little bit with the high school situation. You know, the every, you know, the six games, every team makes it. Uh, you know, Christian sends me a lot since you know, we're supposed to do games this year. Um, I'm wondering if that's something I should even attempt to do, you know? Um, so I, I really don't expect high school to get played at the end of the day. I know they're trying. I think there's teams out there in camps and everything. But to me, when you're dealing with schools, you're dealing with education. But let's not forget, uh, we all love high school football. We love high school sports and college sports and things like that. But realistically, those are pastimes. The number one goal of school is to educate so you can become a productive person. And I don't see how you could have schools, like kids in a classroom, and then still be mixing it up every Saturday on a football field. What are you going to do, like test your kids after they're done with a game? Like, I just, I just think for those things, until we get an effective vaccine or something like that, I think, you know, uh, high school and collegiate sports should just wait because they don't have proper protocols. You're going to have, like you said, you have different conferences with different doctors saying different things. Uh, and that's not uncommon. I mean, I can just tell you from experience with CF that the doctors in Pittsburgh treat you differently and have different opinions than the doctors in Cleveland do. I, I know that for a fact, you know. Um, so I, I just I don't see how you can have 
college or high school sports right now with so many schools on both levels, just so many schools and kids and variables. It's one thing to be able to keep the NFL in a pseudo-bubble or Major League Baseball when the players aren't, you know, being stupid. I, I just don't see how you can work everything out for high school and college. I just really don't. It's definitely going to be challenging for the latest on that and the continuing updates on high school, college, and the NFL. Uh, don't forget to listen to Matt Ames' Just Football tomorrow right here on Western Reserve Radio. He will, of course, have the latest developments involving all levels of football, uh, whether they are playing or not playing going forward here in 2020. Now, i got to ask you a quick question before we wrap things up, and it sounds silly, and it was even silly when I wrote it. But is Sidney Crosby becoming an old 33-year-old with all the time and games he's played in the NHL? Are the Penguins starting to get old, even though in real life those guys aren't old? Um, I will say this. Their window is getting smaller. They're definitely not um, to the point where you would want to break up Crosby, Malkin, Latang, those guys. I think what has happened is, is Rutherford, the GM, is starting to show signs of what happened to him in Carolina. He's real on it for a couple years, and obviously all the moves he made, they all hit. We got a couple, you know, we went on a nice uh, back-to-back Stanley Cup run. But that's only going to take you so far because his last, I mean, if you think about it, if you go back all the way to the Capital Series, which would have been, I believe, what, 2018? We were 2-2 in that series. We lost the last two. Then the next year, in 19, we got swept by the Islanders. So there's 0 for 6. You lose game one to uh, the Canadians. That's 0 and 7. You win one, then you lose your year. Sullivan is, this team, their construction under Rutherford has been completely asinine the last few years. He took that team. They have to play a specific way. And he did everything in their power, for, for whatever reason, to basically remake the structure of that team. You're handing out a terrible contract to Jack Johnson, who would have been great if you could still clutch and grab or whatever from five, six years ago. So his contract is an albatross, and I know he's Crosby's friend, but still. And... You keep he keeps trading away the young assets and everything to try to fill in gaps now with players that are not made up to fit our system. We have to be an up and down, high powered, high offensive team, and for some reason he changed the makeup of it. Trading Phil Kessel was absurd. And I don't care, oh I don't get along with it. Well, it's not about your feelings there, seventy year old man, okay? It's about what's best for the team, and regardless of you don't like how he practices or whatever, the guy was the, one of the few reasons we even had a good power play. Now, have you seen our power play recently? Because it's trash. Right. And he, he has, he has, he's starting to make moves that got him out of Carolina, and I wish the Penguins would do the same thing. Because, to your point, 33, yeah, it's not really that old on paper, but for how many injuries Crosby's had, he's been playing since he's 17. There is still time left in this, and I, I feel like they don't have time for Jim Rutherford to sit up there and keep making these moves he's been doing. They're now becoming a hindrance to the team. So 
I might, I don't know if that specifically answered your question. I guess it's more, I don't think it's that Crosby and them are too old, although they are going on the other side of things now. I just think the GM has failed to keep the roster the way it needs to be. You know, it's one of those, it's interesting because, you know, I was going to point to the Jack Johnson move. It was a name, but it didn't really help the team. It hurt it financially. I mean, they've made some good contractual moves like locking up Jake Gensel to a long-term deal with him and, and a couple of other players. But I, I do feel like you're right that the, the identity with this team is kind of lost right now. They were an up-and-down, high-powered, you know, they really didn't develop or have a lot of good defensemen besides Latang because they were you know they were a basketball team on ice they were trying to outscore you they didn't really worry as much about giving up some goals because they knew they've had great goaltenders and now they've got two great goaltenders which could be a problem going forward because they're both going to want to play there's only so many minutes in the season so the, the future well, they're is gonna be gone. but I don't think, I think all hope is lost yet no, and uh, they're not going to bring back both goalies. I know that. Uh, it'll probably be Jari. I think Murray's time's up. And, hey, good for him. He got his two cups. But, you know, the idea is to keep winning cups, not become beholden to people because of what they did three or so years ago, you know. And, yes, he, he had made some decent moves with, um, you know, locking up Gensel and stuff. But, like we're saying, this team doesn't play defense. They need a goalie who's solid, and they need to be able to just rip the puck at the net. And he changed the defense. He, he brought it. He tried to make them more of a defensive team with guys that don't fit the system or can't play. So not only are they not playing defense now and letting goalies get shelled, they can't score like they used to. So we'll see. We'll, this is going to be a real interesting offseason because you are right. This is probably the last couple years of this core being together. I mean, you look back at game three when the Penguins had a lead and then lost the game. I blamed a lot of what happened to Matt Murray in the pipes, not on him. I mean, there was one really bad goal when he couldn't get to the post, but I blame a lot of it on the guys that are in front of him not doing their job. Was that the one where there were three Penguins, like, in front of the net and the guy just skated in behind him and tapped it in? Yep. Oh, yeah. That was awesome, so, no, you're right. It, it, it's um, Murray, he's really great, but he does tend to let in a soft goal here or there. But you're absolutely right. They leave him out the drive. But if you're a Penguins goaltender, you're going to know that going in, there's going to be some moments where your teammates are going to fail you. But you also had it in the back of your mind that if you gave up a couple, no big deal because, you know, you had these high-powered lines and they were going to score – I mean, we're watching the final game, down two games to one. There's 10 minutes left, and, and Sullivan's he could go, too, for all I care at this point. He's not even putting Crosby and Malkin on the ice again. Appreciate it. We'll take a break, come back, and have more. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you.
time to wrap up today's 20th episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. Thank you to our guests today, Hayden Grove from cleveland.com. Uh, and, of course, Ryan for joining me on the road. At least that's what it sounded like. Ryan was maybe traveling back to the Youngstown area. Don't forget, just football with Matt Emsch tomorrow, beginning at 5 for all the latest news, high school, college, and the NFL. Uh, as some conferences, will, will they play? Will they not play? Uh, he'll keep you updated on everything on that going on for tomorrow's show. One more chance to update the Twitter poll that we put out there earlier. I asked, do you think it was the right decision for the Big Ten to cancel all fall sports and their championships? And uh, 66% of you said no, they did not think that was a good idea. And that's tough because if you're a fan, you're going to miss your Big Ten football. I will. Everybody knows how big an Ohio State fan I am. But maybe it's the right decision for those athletes and for the country so we can get through this and have a better 2021 on the horizon coming up on next week's episode 21 we are joined by brian tonar director of golf for mill creek metro parks uh, we'll talk about the, the championship last week what's going on at mill creek and everything else going on in the world of golf that is going to do it for today's show we will join you next tuesday right back here at 506 on western reserve radio for executive producer dave ferris my co-host ryan alessio i'm mark means you've been listening to by all means right here on western reserve radio